Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Light the Tower. Your daily look around the world of sports. With Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. And Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, the Horn. With the first pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Carolina Panthers select Bryce Young. With the second pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Houston Texans select... CJ With the eighth pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Atlanta Falcons select B. John Robinson. Running back, Texas. With the 26th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Dallas Cowboys select Mozzie Smith, defensive tackle, Michigan. And for many folks in these parts, that's pretty much all they needed to hear. With regard to the other, who the Texas, who's the number one pick, who the Texans take, who the Cowboys took, and where did B. John Robinson go? And not necessarily in that order. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Light the Tower on the Horn 1049, 1019, AM 1260, where we're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and in hornfm.com. Good Friday morning to you. My name is Craig Way. Pleased, as always, to be joined by my co-host, the pride of Northwest Williamson County and a proud graduate of Florence High School. You know him best for his outstanding work at Horns 24-7, even though you knew him back in the day as Highway 79 when he was an honorable mention all-district offensive lineman. Nobody needed to remember that. For the purple and white of the Florence Buffaloes. We're still trying to get him to bring that jersey in. It's Jeff Howe. You need to bring, just bring the jersey in. Bring it in. Bring Remind it in me next week and I will. Yeah, yeah. Because it would have been cool. That's a bigger fish to fry in the last 24 hours. Would, would have been really cool if you'd brought in like a purple jersey like that and just had a one like for that and how on the back, you know, for, for number one overall. Oh, how to punch my own face uh, if I did that. Um, <laughs> yeah, hey, we'll get to this later. My man Max Asmus needs to learn about timing and yeah. how to properly time an announcement to get the most run out of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the most important thing is, is he made his He made his commitment. Mm-hmm. Dropping it right as the Panthers went on the clock was uh, – it's like okay, you guys are you guys are interested in the pan. I'm telling you, I'm going to be a Texas Longhorn. You know that kind of thing. Okay, yeah. so that's good. Uh, it, clearly, uh, the the draft was uh, dominating the headlines and the national scope last night. I'm sure it also captivated the attention of our producer Cameron Parker, who watched every every bit of it from stem to stern. Did you not? I did. Yeah, I. Um, I I saw every pick 
live. I did see every pick live. And I was watching uh, NFL Network's coverage, which I just think is just so much better than ESPN's coverage because they because they had like immediate interviews with the guys and, and uh, there were a lot of other things. There was a lot less the goofy stuff that sometimes you'll see on the ESPN coverage and, and uh, NFL Network had just excellent coverage. But I had it on that, but I was flipping between that and pretty pretty important college baseball game last night in Fayetteville, Arkansas, Arkansas against Texas A&M, because uh, the SEC has two of their series go Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That's for television, one for SEC Network, and one they do like on ESPNU and things like that. So, like, Tennessee was playing Mississippi State, and Texas A&M was playing in Arkansas. It was a good ball game. Arkansas got a two-run homer in the bottom of the eighth from Jace Borifan, the one-time Oklahoma Sooner, and they, they beat uh, the Aggies last night, seven to five in the first game. So they have all three of their g- games Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They have two remaining. Of course, as we know, the Texas Longhorns won't be playing until tomorrow, game number one of that series with TCU because they're expecting this weather to get really nasty in Fort Worth. In fact, I'm my my deal, Jeff, is when, when we get done here, I'm getting in the vehicle. I'm going north. I mean, I'm stopping off at of the house long enough to. Are we supposed to get a bed here? Is it supposed to be bad? Down uh, here? There's supposed to be one other spate of it, I think. But I just needed uh, to hold off long enough for me to get home and cut yeah. my grass because my grass needs it yeah, really bad. Yeah. So I just needed like just give me like 45 minutes, like 45 to 90 minutes to cut my grass, and then is that all it takes you? Yeah, I don't have. Well, yeah, do, probably. Do you go Forrest Gump? Do you have the riding mower? No, I've got the push mower. I got the uh-huh. snowman himself propelled gimmicks. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, what takes me a long time, and this is where my wife and I differ. She's like, it should only take you twenty minutes to mow the yard. I'm like, well, how, how do you mow the yard? She's like, I just leave the clippings in the yard. I'm like, that's why the bag is attached. Yeah. And you have to grass em- catcher. You have to empty said bag whenever it gets full. Well, I don't have time for that. Well, then you wonder why there's big clumps of grass in the yard so the wife and i butt heads over the lawn it's called a being it's called a grass catcher uh according to the four it's guys one of those deals it's one of those deals like there's two things i really enjoy doing that like i can zone out and yeah. just kind of just it's just me and my thoughts yeah mowing the yard mm-hmm. and vacuuming the house real and i will just take my time and space out and that's some people relax in different ways. Yeah. That's my relaxation time is mowing the yard or I vacuum the house. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why, but it's just okay. both really just relax me. Wow. Okay. Quite, I find them quite soothing activities. Uh, according to our forecast, you have to about 3 o'clock. Oh, I should be plenty of time because I get home about 1, one thirty. Yeah, yeah. yeah about be 3 because the percentages uh, go up after that and uh, until tonight – and then late tonight, it's going to clear off, and then it's going to be windy but okay tomorrow and beautiful on Sunday. So uh, it's kind of like the forecast up in uh, Fort Worth. It's supposed to be really nasty between, say, uh, 3 and 9 p.m. is, is what I'm saying. And, and, uh, and that includes the kind of stuff we saw the other night uh, with the uh, you know heavy, heavy rain and thunderstorms. And then, of course, in the Waco area, they got that grapefruit-sized hail and all yeah. that. They're supposed to have that stuff. As I said to somebody, real Wrath of God type stuff. You know, it's, you know, it's one of those deals whenever you have storms and stuff, it's inevitable that you're going to see something on the house that needs to get fixed. Yeah. Like for me, I'm like, I got a gutter uh, yeah. hanging above the garage. I'm yeah. like, you know what? That's uh, that's probably on its last leg. Yeah. So we're probably going to need to fix that here pretty soon. Uh, Speaking of fixing things, yes, our erstwhile producer had something yesterday that needed fixing. 
Yeah, boy, that looked ugly. You, for for those uh, completely unaware, Cam had one of the worst blowouts I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like I've had blowouts and I've had flats, but I've never had anything like what you sent Craig and I pictures of. It it looked like you you put like a grenade inside of the tire. And then detonated. Yeah, no, it was it was like bad. I said, that was a real shredder, is what I said to you. It looked bad. So how did that happen? It looked like a tire from Ryan Newman's wrecked car in the <laughs> there you go. 500. There you go. There you go. No, it just happened on 183. All of a sudden, I'm like, why is my steering wheel not working right? And then I look behind in my rear view mirror. Oh, my left tire's completely exploded. So that was fun. I'll see you guys a picture of it. That tire was shredded. Dude, I, it man. was done. I, I couldn't. I knew it was bad, so I decided not to try because I was stuck in between 620 or on 183 between 620 and the last exit. Oh, so I had geez, half a mile man. to the next exit. There was no chance I was going to drive on that sucker. So I pulled over in this weird grass shoulder area because they're doing construction on 183. Yeah. So there's no good area. And of course, I'm in the dirt and trying to get the jack up, and the jack's going. It, it was a process, but. Uh, Get the tire fixed, and then discount tire took care of it. Okay, that's why. That's, that's so. Now I know why you pay for warranty on your tires. Yeah. So what'd you pay? Like probably like a hundred bucks or something. Twelve dollars. <laughs> there you go, man. So I just Good got move. the tires, the brand new tires, like six months ago. So okay. they didn't have that much tread on them. But good move. Good move. But I was excited because I was like, man, I don't have a broadcast tonight. The drafts tonight. I get to sit back, relax, maybe take a nap, do some prep for the this weekend. Nope. Nope. No. Spend. No dam. No damage to the rim. I take it. No, it was, was fine. Thank, thankfully, that you got was it fine. off the road quick yeah. enough to do that. So good, good move there. Watched enough NASCAR in my life too. Let me ask you yeah. this, Cameron. And you being a lifelong NASCAR fan and being from the state of North, you're from North Carolina, right? That's correct. Cameron? I'm sure he's been to Charlotte Motor Speedway right. before. Oh yeah. Um, are you able, if needed, to change a tire on the side of the road? Can you change a tire? Did it yesterday. He did it. Like full on change. It took it off the deal. Put and the temporary spray. You put the donut on. Yeah. Donut on. Donut okay. on. Yeah. All right. Got got the discount tire, and then they flipped the other. I'm shocked how many young people of your age bracket are unable to change tires. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was fortunate because my I grew up. My dad worked for uh, roadside assistance companies. Yeah. So I grew up, you know, starting cars. I have a son who's a senior in college, and I had to talk him through it on the phone. Young, it, young it, Jason it, had yep, some issues. He and a friend. He had, and that was the comic thing. The two of them trying to figure out how to do the jack and how to do the other thing and. They, they put a little dent on the side of his lower part of the bumper because he couldn't figure out where to put up the jack. I'm like, dude. Granted, I don't know Jason Way that well. You do. But based on the way you described this, I love using this analogy for a lot of things in life because it applies. That's like sending Linus and Charlie Brown to get the Christmas tree. Uh, there is. It is. <laughs> I, and, and uh, you know, I had, I had to teach both of my sons uh, basic uh, auto stuff. You know, Andy's gotten pretty proficient at it now. So you know the the thing I struggled with uh, the first time I did change a tire at a, at a Chevy S10, and um I had a I had a cell phone it was kind of primitive cell phone I could play Snake on it that was about mm-hmm. it it was one of those old Nokia phones, and I'm, my dad I'm talking to my dad I'm like Dad I can't get the I can't get the tire iron to work he's like how can it not work I'm like it doesn't fit right I didn't know that these rims on this truck I bought had the wheel lock on it. oh God the, the the old dreaded wheel lock yeah. Yeah, that's that's the deal. Uh, our Specs text line is open for your use, your perusal, your questions and submissions at 512-337-3776. Uh, somebody points out, and it's true, Bucky can't or won't change a tire. That's true. He's said that on the air before. Uh, somebody else said, Jeff, if you're mowing mainly weeds, keep the bagger on. 
if you're mowing your grass, let it fly. There's really good nitro in the green leaves that you're cutting. No, I I usually have grass, but because of the rain, the frequent rain we've had, I've I've got a decent share of weeds. So so you didn't go pre-emergent then? On no, your, and I'm not cutting deal. it that. I'm not yeah. like scalping the yard at this point. I've just got to cut a nice top layer off mm-hmm. just to you know. Because you know my my dog runs out there and we put oh. the rabbit in the yard and I don't want him you know oh yeah the rabbit yeah running yeah. my dog I don't need my dog running around in belly high grass yeah yeah so. my uh, my amazing wife says to, that one day she said we need to uh, you know get to something something you know which we've got some weeds and so well uh, I said well we have to get some pre-emergent she goes. No, because it's already emerged. We didn't, it's not. It's not. We're no longer at the point of pre-emerging. They're emerging. We've got to get. We've got to get rid of that. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a process to get this. Uh, yeah. Get this grass back to where it was. Uh, so, so we said. So, but you it's did, better. It's better than the grass in my old house. Which, when I moved into the Buda house, there was no grass in the backyard. So yeah. that was a. That was a process to mm-hmm. get that thing up to snuff. Well, our man. Uh, Jim is a good man that uh, takes care of us in uh, there, uh, the domicile with regard to keeping our yard looking good. Somebody says, uh, Cam, uh, so you didn't call AAA like Zay? Didn't didn't do that because he did do that recently. I did not. He was the AAA. The right? Yeah. Uh, so and uh, Longhorn Bear says, totally agree, Jeff. I mow ten yards per week. Part time, and I really enjoy the time to think and ponder new ideas. Really, man, it's just, uh, Bear, how's that work for you in July? Probably Those ten yards. Probably sucks something fierce. Yeah, but yeah, just kind of wonder about that. Uh, somebody said, when grass is seeding, leave the bag off to disperse the weeds while cutting the grass to thicken your lawn. Also, not legal, but is great for the grass. Sprinkle some powder laundry detergent in the grass. Hadn't heard that one. No. Hadn't heard that one. <clears throat> no. So uh, somebody said, my wife mows our grass. She calls it her therapy time. That's kind of kind of Serious, like man. It's, it, 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 it does something. I don't know if it's the – there's something that connects with your brain with, like, the vibrations of the, the mower handle or something. <clears throat> it's just in the, the, no, the sound and just the ambient noise. I don't know what it is. But I used to very, do it. Hated it. <laughs> just, I love it. I mean, I could think about things, but I would think about how damn hot I was. Or some or, opposite, you know, like it's one of the mowing the yards. One of those things that initially it sucks. It's a process for yeah. me to get out there, but right. like, once you're in it, it's like, in oh it? man, yeah. could do this all day. Wow, I didn't know that, but you and Hank Hill, who's out there mowing the yard every day, Bobby, oh. you got to learn to mow the yard too. If only I had a job selling propane and propane and accessories. propane accessories. Um, uh, so. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, our man Victor had said the bad weather is supposed to be here between six and eight, and yes, it's supposed to be bad. Yeah, it's going to be really bad. It starts the uh, the odds of it uh, around three. Uh, somebody asked me who are the commentators on NFL Network. Rich Eisen is the anchor. Much rather hear Rich Eisen than Mike Greenberg. Much rather hear that. Um, Joel Klatt. Uh, Joel Klatt. Charles Davis. Charles Davis. Daniel Jeremiah. Daniel Jeremiah. You're good. Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner. Yeah, as I watched, I, I had I had the NFL Network on mute, and I listened to uh, the ticket because I can't. I'm at the point now I can't have draft weekend without Norm. Oh, I can't do it. And they were all in Kansas Norm. City. That that group was up there with the ticket, including uh, the the uh, the Musers. Yeah, they were all hanging out uh, up there in Kansas City for our friends from the ticket uh, in Dallas. But yeah, and then Melissa Stark, 
um, does the interviews like Susie Colbert does. And I like Susie's work uh, there on the ESPN. But, uh, and some of the people I like. Just, or when that just, Dion doing NFL Network at Dion doing interviews. Yeah, he's, he's no. no. We don't have to worry about that now. Who is that man calling Michael Trabtree? Yeah, right, right. So, uh, so there's that. So, um, uh, and... And uh, Longer Bear says, from June through September 1st, I don't mow between the hours of noon and 6. Good move, Bear. We want to keep you around for a while longer. Uh, around CB says, supposed to be almost 80 degrees up there. How unseasonable in the the uh, PNW, the Pacific Northwest there, uh, CB. Uh, somebody says, try cutting the lawn in South Louisiana with a hangover. Wow. Mm. Uh, that uh, That sounds horrible. Uh, yeah. So, uh, here's about, I'm retired air force and Mo for about a dozen older veterans who can't do it themselves. See, now that's, that's good. My hustler zero turn makes mowing fun. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, there you go. Uh, female listener 19 says not everyone has NFL network. You know what? It's on most, uh, it, it's available on just about every cable System. The question is, is it on that elevated sports tier? It's not like where Longhorn Network isn't even available online. NFL Network, I think, is available on every cable and satellite distributor. I think I think it, NFL Network's available on a. They, Should it, be. It might be on a. It might be on an an elevated uh, tier on that. Um, so uh, anyway, there it is. Uh, CB says he enjoys the college game day coverage of the draft. Um, there's there's certain elements that, that, that I do uh, like about that. It's it's a lot of what they talk about uh, is based on obviously how how outstanding they were as college student athletes. The NFL experts quite often will talk about how that game uh, translates. And I, I I misunderstood my brother. He, he, I thought he told me that they were all up there in Kansas city center. No, the musers were not up there, but the hard line and norms group was. So those guys were up there. Um, one, one thing I want to, uh, we'll do in the longhorn notebook, we'll run yep. down the max Aceman stuff, what that means. But I also want to look at just kind of some ins and outs of the draft. And then some things that you can take away some Texas related things that you can take away from the draft. We'll do that yeah. in the Longhorn Notebook. But sticking with draft, Craig, you can't comment because uh, your Rams did not have a first-round pick. They did time. not have a first-round pick. They have the, I think it's the 37th overall pick in, uh, coming up in the second round. So, Will Levis, Craig? Uh, <laughs> now, it, let me let me also say something, too. I, I heard Aaron say this, and I know why he said it. He said it because uh, I think there had been some uh, reports about the health of Matthew Stafford. I, I saw an interview with Stafford last week. He has the cleanest bill of health he's had in a couple of years. He said, "Remember last year, he because of the elbow, he was on the pitch count and couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. He's been completely cleared yeah. on all the workouts. Now he's getting longer in the tooth. How mm-hmm. healthy is he during the course of a season? All those kinds of things. But he's he's ready to go full on. They've got. I think the Rams have far more other needs they need to address than at quarterback. I will tell you this: They need a better option at backup quarterback because their backups are. Ugh. They need to. They you know. So John Wofford this next year. Yeah, Wolford. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Um, so, so they need. I, I think they need to do something with that. Bring in another quarterback or whatever. But uh, I don't. I don't think starting quarterback, at least as long as he's healthy, is an issue. Mm-hmm. Stafford is. Um, 
uh, you know, Stafford is, uh, I think, relatively healthy there. But you're right. Now, they have 11 picks uh, from here on out. So they didn't have a first-round pick. And speak, speak of the devil, that was because of the Matthew Stafford trade, the trade of Jared Goff to the Lions. Uh, but, and, and as a Rams fan, that worked out to win a Super Bowl. I saw what the Rams could do in the Super Bowl with Jared Goff at quarterback. That didn't work. I saw what Matthew Stafford did in the Super Bowl with it. So to me, not having a first-round pick last night, that's okay. I could live with that based on they got their they got their Super Bowl in 2021. Now, going forward, you hope they make the most of what they've got. They've got 11 picks to work with. Um, of course, the, uh, the 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 Cowboys. Uh, and you, you yeah, that's where, where I was getting to yeah, the Cowboys. Yeah, and, and we're we're getting to that. And and uh, of course, Mozzie Smith winds up being the 26th overall pick. Great excitement among uh, the uh, Cowboy brass and a lot of Cowboy fans. I think you know most everything I've read about. But said this is this is a good pick. Yeah, I, it's it's uh it's one of those deals. They don't have any glaring needs. Uh, I I don't like the makeup of that tight end room, but it, you know. Buffalo moved ahead of Dallas, but again, listening to There's the no uh, doubt. to the tickets coverage and you know hearing David Moore talk, uh, David Moore from the Morning News, he was hearing that the the war room was very much split on Dalton Kincaid. Some really liked him, some had him nowhere near the top of their tight end board. So I, I, this to me feels like with the way those tight ends are dropping, the Cowboys feel like whoever it is. They're going to get a pretty good tight end in round two, mm-hmm. so go ahead and just take the guy, take the position that you don't think will be there. Uh, sound like Dan Quinn had a lot of influence over this pick. They really wanted to. Can you believe the Cowboys haven't used a first round draft pick on an interior defensive lineman since Russell Maryland? How about that? I, I that it was hard for me to I believe. I read that last night. First one, yeah. first time since ninety one when they went when they used Russell Maryland, uh, used the number one overall pick to take Russell Maryland. But uh, no, I'm I'm fine with this pick. They've been. They've been piecemealing it together with that interior D line for a long time. You know, take right. late round picks, take signing guys off the street, guys off the scrap heap. So, if you feel like Dan Quinn really wanted to start investing in that interior D line to get get themselves maybe a difference maker, yeah. And obviously, the Cowboys were excited about it. And I know probably if you were listening this morning, you heard Jerry and the phone call to him. Well, we're really excited, and there was all of that. And then he did uh, his. Uh, his press conference afterwards with the media where he was talking about and and um who did you say this whose question was this it was it was uh my man Nick Harris Nick Harris my yeah. former coworker who's yeah. now working for dallascowboys.com he had asked Mike McCarthy uh about Dan Quinn's thoughts in the war room on the pick and Mike McCarthy gave a pretty short answer and then uh Jerry Picked it up from there. Yeah. So uh, this is this is what happened after he was uh, asked about that and and Jerry about the fact about where they had him on the board as opposed to where they picked him. Man, who gives a <laughs> <laughs> really? Really? We got him. We got him. Yeah. Uh, he said, "Well, we had him fourteen. Blah blah blah." And who gives a mm, yeah? So once again, Jerry's radio gold. Off of Does that. Jerry know what year it is? Yeah, well, I think he does, and uh, he does, but so, he doesn't. But he yeah, does, yeah. but he do, but he does. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm cool with it. Uh, Texans fans have to be happy. I mean, you get uh, you get your quarterback, and you get a potential defensive corner. So, first off, Cam is a Cowboys fan. Yay or nay on the yay nay or just kind of meh on this pick. 
Oh, it's a great pick because the interior defensive line was was such a struggle last year that it felt like at any time when Micah when they would take out Micah Parsons on when it wasn't a pass a pass pass. Now I'm sounding like a Chris Collinsworth pass rush. Right. It teams would throttle the Cowboys D line running the ball just straight down their throats. And the tight end, sure, like you said, Jeff, the tight end room definitely needs to be addressed. But with Kincaid off the board, I wanted either Kalijah Kansi from Pittsburgh, who went in the teens. I think or 19, Ma- was that 19 to yeah. Tampa, maybe? Yeah. Or Mozzie Smith. It, it's a great pick, and Dallas is finally investing in their defensive line, which they have not really been doing for the last mm-hmm. decade. Yeah. Yeah. I know Brian Branch from Alabama was over to me. There's no way the Cowboys are taking a safety right here, so just – Forget about that. Just scratch, cross him off, and then just scratch him off the list. So, no, I'm cool with it. It's 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 fine. It's fine. Uh, again, to the spec section. Hopefully, look, he can't be any worse than the last late first round pick the Cowboys took out of Michigan. He can't be any worse than Taco. Right? See, and that's unfortunate because that's the first thing that comes to mind with a lot of people. Ah, that's where they got Taco. Okay, yeah, it is, <laughs> but. You know, that doesn't mean this guy's gonna is gonna wind up like Taco Charles. It's like those who are like, when's the last Ohio State or Alabama quarterback that's been good? It's like Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are not Mac Jones and who is I mean, just, Justin, Justin Fields isn't, Justin Fields isn't doing all that bad right now. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that that always just watch film of Mozzie Smith guys. <laughs> it just no can I expand on that real quick, Cam? Like it just bothers me that I hear the draft talking as well, that Ryan Day system, that Ryan Day system, like you realize there's more crossover now between college offenses and NFL offenses than there's ever been before in the history of football, right? I don't know. Maybe you go back to like single wing days. Maybe there was more crossover there, but it, it, the, the the quote unquote people just like oh they run the spread. Everybody's running some form of spread offense. It's just do you like to run and you know what personnel groupings do you favor? Are you a tempo guy? Are you not a tempo guy? It's all the same. And, and I think these quarterbacks conceptually. And I, I think that's a big misconception about these quarterbacks is, oh, well, they're spoon-fed everything. No, not necessarily. You talk to some of these guys, especially like the air raid guys. Like if you play for a, a Lincoln Riley or, or a Dana Holgerson or you know even when, when Cliff was at Tech, they asked their quarterbacks to do a lot. Mm-hmm. Craig, you know this from being in some of these yep. pregame meetings with coaches. Like they, you've got to know protections. You've got yep. to know. You've got to know route tree. You got to know everything. You got to know where you're audible, where your hot read is. Like the whole deal. It's not just they're not just spoon feeding it to you. I think when the the former Washington Redskins when they were going through the draft process and some of the stuff that was coming out of Baylor when they were looking at RG3 where oh Baylor doesn't have a playbook and you know it's all check with me's from the sideline and and you know, cuz we know how the veer and shoot operated it was a tempo offense you don't have time to really do a whole lot and yeah it was a lot of coaches kind of spoon feeding the quarterback that's not how all spread offenses in college are created as a matter of fact quarterbacks conceptually I would argue now more no no more football now than quarterbacks coming into the NFL ever have. Yeah. So I don't buy that that it's a system deal or or anything like that. I mean, for years people were like, "Oh, Jeff Tedford quarterbacks can't make it in the NFL." Look at Killy Smith and all these Oregon guys. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers was a Jeff Tedford quarterback. He did all right. Mhm. So yeah. I don't buy that system. Well, for stuff. the same reason, like the, the, somebody said, and, and I like your use of words, the soft taco, <laughs> soft taco Charlton pick gives me eerie flashbacks. Can't trust a Michigan D lineman. Really? Heard of a guy named Aiden Hutchinson? <laughs> yeah. Aiden see. Hutchinson had 52 tackles and nine and a half sacks last year. We can all Lions. agree that when the taco period commenced, it was not what any of us hoped it would be. But yeah. 
let's not let our biases get in the way. Yeah. Uh, somebody said, as a diehard Falcons fan and a graduate of UTM, over the moon this morning. Yeah, everything I read on a lot of things and everything I watched last night um, was was just all positive stuff about the Falcon selection of, of Bijan. I saw some. Well, we'll go. We'll, we'll hit that notebook because I've got some thoughts on that, too. Okay. All right. We'll get to that. That would sound like rather foreboding. Just then. Yeah, just don't talking Bijan. Just yes. I'll save it for the notebook. Good, that's coming up. No, I thought you, I thought you meant you had something something really bad about. No, it. No, I, no, I got you. I got you. All right. Uh, yeah, we're going to get to that. We also have, yeah, we have inconceivable coming up. You know what today is? It's Friday. And what does Friday mean, Cam? Go ahead and reach for that low hanging fruit. Flacidity running amok in the studios. It is. It is. And real criminal flaccidity today. Uh, we'll get to that when we talk about that. And uh, so we'll, we'll get to that. We'll continue with uh, your your questions as well when we continue here on Light the Tower on the Horn, 104.9, 1019 AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Light the tower. This is Life the Tower on the Horn. Craig Wade, Jeff Howe with you. Trying to remember. Is this a fish nor fowl thing with you, uh, Jeff? Led Zeppelin. Yeah, pretty much. I thought so. You, you probably know this. You know who the biggest Led Zeppelin fan in this building is? At least I say in this building. He's in this building. Here's your hint. He's in this building once a week. In this building once a week. Uh huh. No idea. Matt Butler. Really? Huge. Is he really? Led Zeppelin fan. I never knew that about Got Matt. into it with him one time. I said, Led's dead, I told him. He was like, no, it's not. I'm sure Matt had a nice analytical breakdown for you on how it's He really not. did. He really did. Nobody dives into the numbers better than Matt Butler. Yeah, no doubt about it. You catch that on uh, the Blitz podcast uh, with Rod Babers and Jeff Howe and Matt Butler each week here on The Horn and wherever you get your podcast. So, uh, speaking of uh, Longhorn Blitz... How about our Longhorn Notebook? Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. So I uh, I was looking at some of the draft grades that the Falcons gave, that various publications gave the Falcons for B. John Robinson. Most of the grades I saw gave the Falcons a D, Craig, or something in that for realm. The, really? And it's not necessarily the Bijan pick. It's for, well, here's the deal. Like, I'll read this from Pete Prisco at CBS Sports. 
gave the Falcons a D for taking Bijan at eight. So this is way too high for a back, even if he is a really good player. Backs don't decide Super Bowls. I know Arthur Smith loves backs, but this is a deep draft of backs, and history isn't kind to this type of move. I don't like it because of position value. Good player, bad position. That Ooh, you don't like it, Pete. Okay. That, but that to me makes no sense. Oh, he's a good player, but it, stop looking at him. Like, like if you if your plan is to just put Bijan Robinson behind center and hand him the ball twenty times, student body right, student body left. That's like taking a Ferrari and driving it fifteen miles an hour down the road, or a Lamborghini. Like it's well, I should, probably should have used that. Like it's it, it totally defeats the purpose of having him. He's not a conventional running back. Like yes, you found you've found value in other backs further down the draft. I get that, but if a franchise had to do it over, would you take Christian McCaffrey as high as you did? Absolutely. Yeah. Would you have taken again when he's healthy? Would you have taken Saquon Barkley as high as you did? Sure. Yeah. So. I understand the devaluation of the running back position. Like it's, we talked ad nauseum about this, but it's, I under my argument would be if I'm gonna if I'm gonna downgrade this pick, my argument would be that's a team with a lot of needs in other places. So maybe your running backs more of a, especially because you've got already got a thousand yard rusher with Tyler Algier. So maybe running back, even as a running back as versatile as Bijan, might be more of a luxury pick. But this signals to me. Craig, that Arthur Smith is going all in on Desmond Ritter. Like, I'm going to surround him with as much firepower as possible, and he's going to be our quarterback for the future. I heard heard, uh, this said last night that the Falcons last year led the National Football League in, was it rushing attempts per offensive possession? It was was a number like that, Mm -hmm. and it had a lot to do with Marcus Mariota, obviously. Yeah. But what it speaks to is what they're planning to do with their with their offense with Ritter, and now with Bijan as well. And, and Arthur Smith does love running backs. Yeah. He loves him some running backs. Yeah, and this is the also what what I look at annually, and this happens also with the NBA draft, less so with the major league draft. Although it should, in theory, be in more inexact science because you have high schoolers coming out, but. With regard to the NFL and the NBA draft, what you have is this convergence of people who really know an awful lot about college football but aren't necessarily as in tune with how it fits in the NFL and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Pete Prisco is a really good reporter, yeah. but I don't think he is is in touch and locked in on high, uh, or college football players as much because he's looking at the NFL needs and the conventional wisdom of you don't take a running back that high. Other than That's the, other than the talking heads and the draft analysts who, again, for whatever reason, whether they view it as a luxury pick or hey, you don't take a running back that high, uh, whatever it is that have downgraded the pick. The only other people I've seen angry about this pick are the Georgia fans who are also Falcons fans. They're like, well, Jalen Carter was right there. Why didn't you take him? That's which, why. That's a hometown which, pick Which thing. you could have. You could have. Yeah. And that that would have been a really good pick for the Falcons. But, mm-hmm. you know, this is. But that has nothing to do with running back, uh, whether the running back is good pick. That's that's hometown pick. That's where, are you taking, are you taking, why aren't you taking the Georgia kid? I just, I, I'm. I think once people see, hopefully, if Arthur Smith knows what he's doing, once people see how the Falcons use Bijan, they'll realize, okay, you didn't just draft an old school, you know, I formation downhill running back. You drafted Christian McCaffrey. You drafted like if you could do if you could do the twenty seventeen draft over, you think Alvin Kamara would have gone a lot earlier than he did? Yeah, yeah he would have hundred percent. So. 
whether it's like eight or what would be the difference if the Falcons took him at eight or like traded back to I don't think you could have traded back that far because once Bijan came off the board, I think the Eagles, to, to me, this signals that the Eagles had two players that they really like. We know they like Bijan and they right. like Jalen Carter. When Bijan went off the board, they probably felt like, we got to go up and get our guy or we're going to miss Jalen Carter. No doubt. They they were in position, and I think they made that move up that one spot from 10 to 9 with the express purpose of taking Bijan if he were available. And if not, going to uh, Carter the, after. In other words, if the Falcons had moved lower than 10, yeah. they wouldn't have gotten Bijan. Nope. Because the Eagles were going to either take him, they would have sat there at ten and said, "Okay, if both of them were on the board, we're we're going to get one of one of our guys that we like." Yep, yep. I think that's why we and, and it would have been happy with it. Th- th- this. Got pointed out several times. Somebody said it on the Specs text line. Bijan's mama was wearing an Eagles green dress. <laughs> wrong bird. Yeah, uh, it uh, could have been. I they did move uh, forward on that, so it wasn't the Eagles' fault at that point. The Falcons went ahead and and did it. Right, so. uh, but one thing I did want to point out, like, was I, and I'll, I'll compliment my colleague Alan True at Twenty Four Seven Sports because we have to do such things in this industry. Mm-hmm. How about your way too early mock first round for twenty twenty four? Three Longhorns going in the first round in that way too way too premature mock draft yeah, for twenty twenty four. Yeah, the old way too early stuff. Quinn Ewers, Xavier Worthy, mm-hmm. and okay. J T Sanders. Okay. All three guys are all draft eligible next year. Cam, yeah. I saw that look. Cam, you just you're not a big fan of the way too early stuff. It's been seventeen years in between first round picks for offensive players. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little cautious <laughs> then, there, Jeff. And then three offensive players in the first round next year. Here's a good point. Somebody said imagine if the Chiefs saw a Texas tech quarterback in twenty seventeen and decided to pass on because of the school. Yeah. Then there's no Mahomes there. Yeah, that's what we're talking about with this whole system bit. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. But um I, I think this just shows when you when you look to me, take those draft projections like the mock stuff or however however you want to take it, it doesn't matter. The fact that Sark is has not only recruited, but they're starting to develop guys at premium positions that go in the first round, mm-hmm. quarterbacks, you know, wide receivers. You know, we only saw one tight end goal last night, but I think we can agree if JT Sanders has the kind of year we all think he's going to have and turns pro, he's going to be in that first round discussion next year. Uh, you know, the fact that Sark is heavily invested on offense, I don't think it's going to be another 17 years between first round picks yeah. on the offensive side of the ball. But you know, the Longhorn who I think had the best night last night, other than B. John Robinson? Say, it was Kelvin Banks. Yeah. It was Kelvin Banks because if you look at the pass rushers that went in the draft last night. <laughs> Kelvin Banks faced four of them this past season. Will Anderson at Alabama, Tyree Wilson at Texas Tech, Will McDonald at Iowa State, mm-hmm. Felix Anaduke Uzoma at K-State. Would you, like to, would you like to know how many sacks Kelvin Banks gave up in those four games? Handful. Just a small handful, wasn't it? Zero. Wow, I was going to say three. No sacks, only four pressures yeah. in those four games. But yet, Felix Anyadike, uh, you know, he's uh, uh, he's he's your Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year. And if Felix Anyadike has Azoma Azoma is ze- your... had zero pressures in the Texas game, zero. But he's your Big Twelve. He defensive had no player of the year. no impact, <laughs> no impact rushing the passer. Now, if you start looking at Kelvin Banks, like you look at some PFF stuff, and I think the bowl game kind of showed that Roshan and Bijan did a lot to help out that offensive line sure, last year with the way they absolutely. maximized runs. The run blocking for Kelvin Banks, like the rest of the offensive line, it's got to improve. It needs to get better because there's a lot of there's a lot of his single game grades. When you look at run blocking, where it's like, okay, yeah, that probably needs to to go up a notch. But you look at his pass blocking grades from last year. He was, you know, 
and, and PFF considers anything right around a 70 to be average. He was a, a 69 or higher in terms of his single grade, single game pl- pass blocking grades, according to Pro Football Focus, in all but four games last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in his best games, 83.2 against Iowa State, 83.1 against Kansas, 81.9 against Alabama, 81.6 against Washington, 81.5 against Oklahoma, 80.8 against Texas Tech. Some of the best edge rushers he faced last year were some of his best games as a pass blocker. So I think that just shows you. And here's the other thing to think about. Five offensive linemen went in the first round of the draft last night. Mm-hmm. You know what the first four linemen that went last night, what they all had in common? They were all 24-7 sports, five-star prospects coming out of high school. It just shows you, kind of my theory has always been, if you're going to recruit offensive tackles, you've either got to get them ready to go right out of the gate, or you've got to find you toolsy guys. Whatever your tools are, you want to take just a big hulking guy and think, okay, we can we can work with him, or you want to take a you know, a Sam Cosme and, and say, hey, we'll bulk him up, and two, three years from now we'll have a really good player. It, it all becomes beauty in the eye of the beholder outside of that top group of tackles every year that you can plug and play right away. Kelvin Banks, I didn't think he would be as good as he was as early as he was, but he was ended up being a plug-and-play guy, and I think now you see him giving his success last year against some of these legitimate NFL-caliber edge rushers that I think we can now see the trajectory going in a really good direction for Kelvin Banks. Uh, somebody said, okay, uh, Craig is a Cowboys fan. I'll make a sacrifice. I'll give you our second-round pick for Aaron Donald. <laughs> now, uh, <laughs> even if you took out the part about the contract, which Jerry would never be able to you know, be able to deal with Aaron Donald's contract, but even if you took that out of there, uh, uh, no, that that pick wouldn't get made because it's, it's beyond not only uh, past uh, – what Aaron Donald has left in the tank. Uh, it's not that. It's now the pillar that he is in the community. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, the Texans proved you can, you know, let the pillar of the community get away too with J.J., you know. So yeah. it's it's happened. Uh, it's happened before. So You said pillar of the community. I'm like, Craig, making it a Deshaun Watson joke. We got something. No, 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 no. Uh, no, I no. like this text. Says, were, you, were you too sad? Uh, Herman didn't crash Bijan's draft table with his P charts. Yeah, the P chart. Yeah. Uh, Tom Herman's name did come up last night because uh, it was brought up on the flagship message board at Horns twenty four seven that uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, along with Marvin Mims, were said to be uh, too small to play yep. at Texas, and that Jackson Smith and Jigba didn't do anything explosive enough. To catch the uh, previous regime's eye. Yeah, that was a mistake. How you like that, Cam? Feeling feeling good about that right about now? It was a tough night last night for uh, Texas fans who saw a lot of Texas receivers who did not go to Texas and said they went to Ohio State or TCU and up being another first round draft pick. Yeah. But but hopefully, Jonte Cook and yeah, it's DeAndre Moore and the future. You're worthy. I mean, just like next year's mock draft the way too early it's like yeah i mean those are all probably there's a highly chance of it but also looking back at the past the last 17 years the last 10 years the missed opportunities in recruiting yeah. and developing it's just it, it's it's a tough pill to swallow and man we talk about offensive line being kind of a, a black hole dude wide receivers not much better 
when you start yeah. looking when you start looking at it over the long haul, it ain't much better. I'll, I'll say this because I know we got to get to the break here pretty soon. Uh, but you know, we look at those mock those way too early mocks, and and the, this year's draft isn't even over yet. But you look at those and you see Quinn Ewers getting first round projections. Chad asked me yesterday when I was on, when I was on with with he and Zay. He said, if Quinn Ewers in the, is in the first round of next year's draft, what does that mean? I said, if Quinn Ewers is in the first round of next year's draft, that probably means Texas won the Big 12. And I don't even want to mention the three three other letters, what that would mean as far as what their season would entail. But they'd probably be, probably be playing for more than just a Big 12 title if Quinn Ewers is in the first round of next year's draft. Yeah, decent shot at that. And I think Xavier Worthy is in there too. I mean, if you're going to get there, you've got to have your number one receiver be way more consistent than he was last year. True. And maybe uh, with two good hands, he'll he'll be that guy. Yeah. Uh, somebody said, hey, your comments and opinions are based on being homers. <laughs> you would not have the same opinion if this running back was from A&M or Texas Tech. Uh, you know what? It raises the larger question, would this running back have been as successful at Texas A&M or Texas Tech? And that's something we'll never know. Off of that, what, what, what does it matter? <laughs> that's the dumbest. That's the dumbest stuff that comes to the text line. Like, it's, it's, it's okay. Uh, I think I think guys are really uh, there's. Oh god, you know what? I'm not even gonna. I don't have. It just hurts so much. See, right in this region here. You know, you know how that right around my temples. It just it hurts right there. <laughs> the guy he's talking about was drafted, deemed worthy as the eighth best player in this last year's draft. The position that most teams believe should not be taken in the first round. They think this guy is so good, he went number eight overall. But, yeah, we're all just being home. You had multiple draft analysts, and take the opinions for what they were, that said he might have been the best player in the draft regardless of position. (laughs) I guess it's okay. (laughs) No, it's not okay. No, it it is okay. Some people should think before they press in. Yeah, you know, but that's that's what this. Listen, think about what you have to deal with on that on that flagship message board. How many zeros you got expressing uninformed opinions on that? No, it's like somebody said, Jeff, don't get worked up, and I'm not worked up. I just think it's it's or it's just ridiculous. Said you'll get to mow your lawn soon and decompress. See, Hell there yes, you I go. Will. I'm not Before worked up though. I just set. think it's ridiculous. Like, oh, you guys are homers. In the same show, like somebody, I'll have somebody call me a homer, and I'll have somebody say, "Oh, you're being too hard on Sark." So I guess that means you're you're doing your job. I guess I don't know. <laughs> Or maybe, again, some people should think before they press in. Hey, it's Friday. It's okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, up next, <laughs> speaking of such things. I'm calm. Have... I'm perfectly calm right now. <laughs> Calmer than you are Calmer right now. Calmer than you are. the gun around? <laughs> Calmer than you are. We have uh, Inconceivable up next. When we continue, light the tower on the horn, 1049 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app at hornfm.com. Light the tower with Craig Way and Jeff Howe. Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. Does it mean homers, Jeff? Is that, is that what that means? Oh, look. <laughs> Here's the uh, here's the deal. Like some people say, oh, you need a Jeff's rant segment. No, you don't. I, look, <laughs> Jeff rant. Here's the there's Jeff's thing. rant of the day. No, when I when I put because you know I write, I talk. When I put my name on something, people are you know if somebody wants to call me an idiot or a homer. That's their privilege. 
It's also my privilege to respond to said comments however I feel like. And nine <laughs> times out of ten, I'll just brush it off like it doesn't mean anything. But, you know, you, you text in the show and say something I don't agree with. Don't don't be shocked if, uh, you know, I want to say something. <laughs> That's um, all it is. Before we jump in, here's, here's one thing that... Uh, Somebody said, you know, we were talking about somebody said sprinkle laundry detergent in your grass. This fits an inconceivable. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody said it's the phosphates in the detergent that supply the phosphorus for growth. And, uh, you know, in, as you would feed your yard, that kind of thing. So you should know that. <laughs> Same texture said, you know, the best thing about the weekend is that all the mocks will stop. Mel Kuyper Jr. will stop. Uh, he'll be back in the closet not to be heard from for the next eight months. I totally agree with that. Can we try a year without them before the draft? Let's go back to the old nope. days. Nope. Yeah, the draft is a cottage industry. Yep. You cannot put the toothpaste back in the tube on that deal. Nope. And I love the draft. Like, I, I really do. But... Um, I don't know. Just the, the the only thing that I don't like is like, I not maybe I, I don't know. We kind of do the same thing when we we rank recruiting classes. It's like grading everybody's draft. Like, okay, maybe you thought the Eagles had an A plus draft, but what if guys get hurt or whatever? I don't know. It's just it, it is what it is. You that take, it take, is. You got look to enjoy the draft. You got to take some of the. How can I put this nicely? The slappy activity that comes along with it. To enjoy the good stuff. It's part of the deal. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So the inconceivable. Um, a, a little sad note. So this is uh, worth mentioning, though. And, and you'll see why I included this in inconceivable. Um, a former Major League Baseball or National League MVP and a part of a World Championship team, World Series Championship team, has passed away. Now, it's sad. Dick Grote. Do you know who Dick Grote was? Uh, the name sound. I was thinking about Jerry Grote. Jerry Grote was a catcher for the yeah. Mets. Dick Grote was a shortstop with the Pirates, and he was uh, the National League MVP. He hit three twenty five in 1960, and they won the World Series that year, beat the Yankees, the famous walk-off home run by Bill Mazeroski in Game 7. Um and it came just uh, just days after he was told he'd be part of the Pittsburgh Pirates 2023 Hall of Fame class. Here's your inconceivable part about Dick Grove. Okay. He was an outstanding baseball player. He played 14 years in the bigs, uh, was really, really good. Um, but before he was a uh, baseball major leaguer, he was an All-American basketball player at Duke. Really? All-American basketball player at Duke. was drafted by the Fort Wayne Pistons, now the Detroit Pistons, and he was commuting like once or twice a week from Durham, North Carolina, after uh, his collegiate eligibility in, uh, in baseball had expired, uh, before finishing his classes before he graduated, to Fort Wayne to play in the NBA, which he played in for about four years, and then the Pirates convinced him, you really need to stick with baseball. And so he did that, and he played 14 years in the bigs, was a great player, and then, and then, and this is where I met him, he became the color analyst on Pitt Panther basketball and was really, really good. I met him when he was in his early 80s at Madison Square Garden when Texas was playing up there once. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was a real a real thrill to get him. But he passed away at the age of 92. But you talk about a guy who was an outstanding two-sport athlete. life, man. Yeah. Well-lived and lived to be 92 and was an All-American basketball player in the early 50s at Duke. He passed away. Dick Grove passed away. Okay. Uh, now some um, – uh, I guess 
I'm going to step aside from the way we normally do this. The way we normally do this on Friday is I save the Florida man stories for last. I'm not doing that today because there's so anything from Florida woman this week or no. We have two very we don't don't discriminate. No, but we have two very heinous Florida man stories. So I I want to get them out of the way because they're really disturbing. Uh, Yes, save us a palate cleanser for the end. Yeah. First of all, you got. Some video where the cops had it, and and uh, I didn't I didn't care to see it, but I saw it anyway. Newly released video shows Florida deputies they're trying to run down a knife wielding suspect, a guy who had several outstanding warrants, had broken into his ex girlfriend's apartment. His name was Matt V. Clemenko. It's one of those terms that always raises a red flag: knife wielding suspect. Yep, was holding her at knife point. Jeez. Uh, Arriving officers negotiated with him for several hours in an attempt to have him surrender, and they were able to guide his hostage out of a window. So that was good. Okay. So then the dude takes off running. He bolts from the home. He runs down the street. Deputies called in a canine unit because the dog can run faster than the humans, and the dog can track him. So the dog's running. He turns around with a knife to kill the dog. No. And they gunned him down. Okay. So he didn't get the dog. So... So that's one uh, disturbing Florida man story. Then he had another one. Uh, This one. Uh, They've arrested in what has been uh, arrested uh, an accused MS-13 gang member. Hey, real quick on that. If you kill a a canine that's with the canine unit, is that akin to... Like killing a peace officer? I think so. Like the same kind of crime? I think so. I figured it would. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because, it, uh, yeah, he was going to be charged with attempted murder, it said, or something like that. But anyway, an accused MS-13 gang member arrested in Holiday, Florida, charged in what sheriffs have described as <clears throat> a demonic murder uh, of a delivery driver. The remains were found dismembered at the suspect's home last week. Apparently, this guy, uh, Oscar Solis... Uh, was arrested preliminarily charged this Monday with murder while engaged in robbery. Found victims' remains in trash bags. The police think there's a possibility that he tried to eat some of them. Eat some of the person. You know who the delivery driver is for? Uber Eats. And um, so now they've arrested that guy. That dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, demonic is the way they described it. It was really, really bad. So that's why I, please, for the love of God, tell me you've got a palate cleanser. I have two because we need two after those, right? First, this is really cool. High school senior in Louisiana has received, now think about this, more than 170 college acceptance letters. Good for them. And more than $9 million in scholarship offers. Sweet. Dennis Malik Barnes is a senior at the International High School in New Orleans. He's 16. He's graduating early. Uh, He goes, I wasn't trying to set any records. It's a Guinness Book of World Records for most college acceptance. He said, I wasn't trying to. To set any records, but as I applied to more schools, my numbers went up with the financial aid and acceptances. So then he just started getting all kinds of letters. Um, so he started applying to schools last August. So uh, he has a 4.98 GPA on a 4.0 scale. He's graduating t- 
two years early and uh, hasn't decided where he's going to go. What does this young man want to major in? Computer science. Thank goodness, because we need uh, the smartest amongst us to put their brain power to use. Yeah. So, yeah. How many slappies like me want to get in this industry? So there he is, Dennis Malik Barnes. Congratulations to him. And finally, we got one other palate cleanser for you, Jeff. And uh, this happened uh, apparently this week. Uh, School bus driver driving a bunch of middle schoolers home in Michigan. Something happened to him. He started feeling bad. Called in and said, I need, I'm going to pull over. I need, I need some relief. And he then passes out. The bus still rolling down the road. Dude. Seventh grader jumps behind the wheel there and praised as a hero. Manages to get the bus pulled over. Dylan Reeves, a student at Lois Carter Middle School in Warren, Michigan, took immediate action. Uh, he was seated five rows back. Jumps out of his seat. Says, threw his backpack down, because he's a seventh grader who had the backpack, ran to the front of the bus, grabbed the steering wheel, and was driving it down the road, and brought the bus to a stop in the middle of the road. He drove bus. Yeah. Thankful for in that. a video released, he's seen taking control of the steering wheel, slowly pushing the brakes, and then yelling, this is a kid, a seventh grader driving, yelling back, somebody call 911. Now, somebody should call 911. I don't care. Somebody call 911. Fight or flight kicked in for that kid. Smart move. They said he had the wherewithal to push it slowly. He didn't slam on the brakes. Guided it in. So there's your inspirational stories. There's your palate cleanser. Thank you for that. This is inconceivable. On Light the Tower. On the Horn.